Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air and good afternoon, Jen. Good afternoon, Michael. Great to be on the air again with Sangha here. Indeed. Indeed. Always a... It's a great, yes it is, it's a great pleasure. And I have announcements here unless you want to start us in another direction. No, that's great. Okay. Give yourself the gift of time and space to bring into conscious, com- conscious awareness what the call of love is leading you to. 2022, your best year yet, will provide an exploration of what we're seeking and how we might support ourselves in embodying that quest. The workshop is this Saturday, January 22nd. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Yes, yes, I am very excited about that. I love that workshop. Yeah. And in this year of practice, we deepen our intimacy with the intelligence that animates. Join Sherry, Ashwini, and Sangha on Sunday, January 30th for That Thou Art, a workshop laying the foundation for our practice exploration in 2022. Yeah, with a title like that, you know we've got something really special coming. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. I'm excited about that one. And for these and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for today. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Jen, please press star six and then one to make a show and get in the queue. And a conversation on one topic in about five minutes is great. Okay, Jen, I think we are ready to get started here. All right, great. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hey, Jen. Hey, Michael. This is Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, so um, I wanted to tell you where I was with the crucible crisis practice. Excellent. Please yeah. So my moment-to-moment crucible or crisis practice is I ever-expanding faith has to be in the driver's seat because normally ever-expanding fear will be in the driver's seat when there's a crucible or a crisis, and then I will inevitably end up in panic and despair. Amen. I mean, we just have to stop for a good 30 seconds to a minute of silence and take that in. Because <laughs> that's it, isn't it? Truly, what's well, in the driver's seat? I also see is the, that is it the, the seduction of faith, or is it the fear? Uh-huh. Sorry you again. You also see the seduction of the process of despair. There's really a seduction there. Um, if ever expanding fear is in the driver's seat instead of ever expanding faith, there's just it's one of those really seductive places because. The process of despair, I'm seeing, it's definitely fear's stepchild. It's a version of fear because it's so easy and automatic to take a moment where there's, you know, darkness and misery or wretchedness or whatever and project from that moment onto the future. And that's my personal definition of the process of despair. Yeah, because if, if we use your metaphor, right, so there's fear in the driver's seat, that's looking through that windshield. Everything is, is terrible. It's an awful way to live. So no mm-hmm. wonder despair is what you would see when you would look through that windshield. It just, everything looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Forever. Forever. Always has been, always will be. Yeah. And I love, Elizabeth, that what you put in there, what you started with, is realizing, okay, that's really, really important to see that. And what's possible is to have ever-expanding faith in the driver's seat. Yeah. So that ever, the fear will always, you know, I, from what I can tell, will always be there. It seems to be hardwired in, at least for me. Uh, That's not a problem. But as long as it's not expanding 
and the faith is I'm, I'm concentrating. I mean, I just, really, I just say the words ever-expanding faith, ever-expanding faith, and that, that turns up the volume on faith and turns down the volume on fear. Yeah, yeah. What we focus on expands. It's the whole, you know, it's, it's completely the central teaching of this practice, right? What we focus on is what we get. The quality of our life is determined by the focus of our attention. And so, and you made another important point. The fear is, it's not like the fear is going to give up, right? I mean, fear is ego. Ego is fear. So it's going to be in the car trying to elbow out, right? Trying to get back in the driver's seat. And that's not a problem either. As long as where the attention is, is on the ever-expanding faith. Okay, up comes the fear. Ever-expanding faith. Ever-expanding faith. You just redirect the attention to where you want it to be. Yeah, and it, it also feels doable because I can always just, wherever I am with the faith, just expand it a little bit and a little bit. Oh, that's beautiful. That's Versus if they say... Um, Faith over fear, for some reason, that sets it up as a contest, and I feel I've already lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There can be like a standard that gets in there. But with that ever-expanding faith, it's always possible a little more, a little more, just expanding. So wherever you are, it's not a problem, you know, wherever you are. Just expand it a little more, expand it a little more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I I am really surprised. Oh, sorry, Gwen. No, you go. You're really surprised. At at the seductivity of that despair process where it's so easy to be in a difficult, dark, grim moment. And from that place, everything in life, the rest of life looks like that. It's such a seductive projection. Yeah, yeah. And is it your experience, because when I hear you say that, Elizabeth, one of the things that comes up for me is it's such a habit to believe it, right? So that another word for the seductive, because seductive could make it feel like, well, that's what I want, that's what I like, which, of course, when you're really present to it, it's very clear that's not what you want. It's very clear that's not the life experience you want to have. But we're so conditioned for that to be the pattern that it can feel hard to break out of it. Yeah, seductive means it seems so believable. Yeah, exactly, 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 yeah. And again, I mean, it's why your image is so perfect. No wonder it feels believable because if the windshield is what, you know, uh, dark green, and I look through the windshield, it's like, everything is dark green. Look, can't you see that it's dark green? It's dark green. And it is. It does look that way. Absolutely. Who could blame us for feeling like everything looks dark green? But not realizing in that moment, well, that's because the filter of despair is there. And I think that's where your ever-expanding image is so perfect because it's that place of, yes, it looks that way. It feels so real. But that little wedge of, hmm, you know, but it's not actually so. And so can I expand that ever-expanding faith just a little bit, just a little bit? That's why that's such a brilliant practice in that place. Yeah, I remember the guide saying once that, you know, ego always acts like the prognosticator of what's going to happen in the future, and it's never well, I hope she said it's never true. I think she said it's never true. Yeah, because it, it isn't. It isn't. Yeah. It wants to control how we see it. You know, that's why it constantly has us in a conversation. But when we actually look to our experience, it isn't so. And I don't think it's as seductive the other way in that when I have a great moment, I can get a little seduced and think, oh, okay, now everything's going to be good from now on. But it's, I don't, I don't really, it doesn't take hold, it doesn't grip me or anything like that, even if I do have the thought. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's just the other side of the duality coming in, right? Say more. On the one side, 
what on the one side, oh God, it's always going to be terrible. It always has been terrible. And on the other side, okay, thank God I'm through that. That's never going to happen again. That's it's going to be good from now on. Right. Which is less believable. Yeah. Well, and you know, for each of us, we you know, people tend to hang out on one side or the other. But ultimately, it's neither one is helpful, right? Because it's not what's what's actually so in the moment. What we're going for is presence, is to be here with all of it exactly as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Mm. Thank you, Elizabeth. That's a, that's a fun tool you're working with. Thanks for reporting on that. Thanks for um, taking my call. All right. Take care. Good night. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, Elizabeth. And Jen, what I loved about that conversation is it was a complete focus on process. Everything was mm-hmm. and so I could take that point. and plug in my content to that. That's such a good point. That is such a good point. Yep. Because we all get to those places, right? We all completely know those places where we look through that, you know, where despair and fear is in the driver's seat. And everything is colored by that. Everything is seen through that projection. Yes. And so, you know, finding a tool like Elizabeth's talking about to expand the attention, to to bring it off of that, as she said, that conversation that can feel so it can get us, you know, it knows our grooves, it knows the places that we're gonna believe it. And so something that will begin to bring the attention up out of that. Yes, and I appreciate how you brought out both sides of the duality, you know, whether it's going to be awful forever or great forever, uh, they're both they're both just sides of a duality. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, is the great forever being such a perfect setup for <laughs> slamming us down the next time. Yeah. And we have another caller here. All right. Next caller... You are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, this is Helga from Charleston. Hi, Helga. Hey, Helga. Hi. <laughs> nice to be on. Um, Lovely to hear you. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, so um, I, uh, I was listening to a talk uh, the other day, and uh, this person quoted uh, um, something from Jung, Gustav Jung, uh, mm-hmm. which went something like, um, I'd rather be whole than good. Mm. And it, wow. really, it, re- it really hit me. Um, mm. You know, um, um, when, I, when I went to India and became a sannyasin, uh, uh, you know, uh, or she would give people uh, a spiritual name, a new name, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I got my and, and then he would explain, you know, what that means and everything. And I got my name back, Helga, uh, and he explained to me that uh, the name Helga, which is I looked it up, is true, uh, comes from holy. the The root of the word Helga is holy, and mm. that the word holy comes from being whole. Uh. And so I've always, you know, and I, I, I've, I've always felt like, you know, that, that, that is kind of like my, that's like my lifelong, uh, trajectory is, uh, you know, yeah. to f- figure out what that means to be whole. Um, uh-huh. and, um, anyway, um, <laughs> part of the reason why I'm calling in is that, you know, I read this, or I heard this quote, and I looked it up again, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it felt so powerful to me. So I mm-hmm. told a friend of mine about it, and he had no clue what I was talking about. <laughs> he he just, it just didn't land anywhere. So I just right. thought, you know, I'm just going to call you guys, because I feel like I can have a conversation <laughs> about what that means, at least yeah. me. I, I, I bet they'll like, you know, get it. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I said kind of a, okay, let me turn to Sangha. I bet that'll be a place I can talk about this and, and yeah. share this. 
No, uh-huh. because I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I look around where I am right now. I, I don't know anybody that would really, mm. that I feel like, yeah, they, you know, they get it. They get what, what, what mm-hmm. he's trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so that, that was the reason, you know, I just, I just wanted to share that. And, yeah. you know, that, um, I don't know if you wanted to talk yeah. to that quote or, you know, how, what comes up for you. And anyway, it's, it's well, very powerful. Know, as I... As I listen to you, it's interesting, Helga, the process of it is so fascinating because as you were speaking and you said the quote, it felt like there, that's the experience right there. I mean, I think it's what Sherry talks about with quotes, right, is that what's so um, mysterious and extraordinary about quotes is that when there's one that resonates for us like that, it's taking us to the experience that it's pointing at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, know, I'm, what, I'm what guessing. I, you know what comes up? Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. No, you know, I was, you know, uh, while I was here on the, on the uh, phone call, um, I had I had this image that came up uh, like like these bonsai trees. Um, mm-hmm. You know how uh, you take this tree like a cedar or whatever, and you keep chopping mm-hmm. it off um, and mm-hmm. chopping all the limbs off, and that way it stays mm-hmm. tiny and it looks exactly like a cedar tree, except that a, a real cedar tree would be humongous, and right. this tiny little tree. It's just this, you know, this right. little cripple. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, you know, I just feel like I can, you know, it's like that, that to me is kind of like, you know, the process of conditioning, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, we get mm-hmm. our, our pieces chopped off mm-hmm. that are not yeah. acceptable. Um, yeah. And then we end up like these tiny little creatures, mm-hmm. you know, crooked mm-hmm. by fear and, uh, you yeah. know, we could be huge cedars. <laughs> Yeah. Boy, God, that's sobering, isn't it? So it looks like a human, looks like a whole person, looks like a, you know, grown up, but so much has been chopped off. So much has been unacceptable. No, not that, not that. Chopped off, chopped off, chopped off, and ending up as this little tiny compacted version of what's possible. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And so for you, kind of this, lifelong exploration it sounds like of always resonating with that whole and especially in that quote right i'd rather be whole than good there's so mm. much in that mm. yeah yeah you know and 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 uh, you know I, I i see how you know that that is you know that is really the the standard you know that yeah. we get held uh, yeah. Too is like being good, you know, and whatever that means yeah. in, in the, the particular of of my family or my society or whatever, you know, and that changes uh, yeah. obviously depending on where you are. You know, that's all very yeah, flexible exactly. and fluid. Um, yeah. But that's the standard, you know, and and uh, yeah. God forbid, you know, anybody uh, tries to get out of that very uh, defined little box that we all get put in, you know, that is called, you know, this is good and that is not good. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, and the standards are coming from all directions, right? So there you are, a little kid, and at home, these parts get chopped off, and then at school, these parts get chopped off, and then with friends, these parts get chopped off, and then you go off to do whatever, and those parts get chopped off, and all in the guise of being good, being the right Mm -hmm. person. Mm Mm-hmm. And so how extraordinary to have that wisdom in the form of a quote, in the form of, you know, our own internal resonating with that, of realizing there's something else that's possible. We don't have yeah. to live in that box. There's nothing that's making us live in that box other than the voice in our head. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and, and also have somebody uh, reflect that possibility you know, and, and I, it's like, yeah. you know, that, that it might be, might be more valuable than being good. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, you don't, you don't, I, I don't, I don't ever hear that usually, uh, you know, yeah. in, in, in my life, in the people, with the people that around me and everything, you know, you, it's just, uh, it's just such a, yeah, it's such a different, um, completely, uh, you know, upside down uh, way of looking at all of that. Right, right. That the, the conditioned messages we get all around us are, it's, you know, being good is paramount. Right, that, right. But to, that, mm-hmm. yeah. To receive the message that to be whole could have a higher value, it sounds like is really, what, reassuring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's the um, that Mary Oliver poem, right, that points to that exact same thing. You do not have to be good, I think, is the first line of the poem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I do, you know, I really do feel that practice is you know it's it's doing that for me you know it's it's finding all these um uh, abandoned parts and bringing them back home yep yep and letting them be Mm -hmm. letting them be exactly as they are and then having experiences like you're pointing at helga right reading that poem and in that moment whole there's the experience of wholeness reading that quote right and learning to spend more and more time in that place right nothing to figure out about it nothing to you know analyze about it just getting to spend time in that place of wholeness Mm mm-hmm I think you know what it what what it brought up for me is like the sense it takes so much courage. Yeah. You know, it takes so much courage to uh yeah. to want that and mm. to move towards that. I mean that that yeah. I think that is what what I feel. You know, because yeah. it really flies in the face of everything that I've ever learned. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right, the courage to move towards that wholeness when everything you've ever been taught, everything you've learned says, no, you have to be good. You can't let that part be. You can't let yourself be that. You can't let yourself feel that. You can't, you know, whatever it is. But the courage to let yourself be whole. Yeah, you know, and... And, you know, it was interesting, uh, just remembered uh, in, in that conversation, it was a very short conversation that I had with my friend. You know, it's like where the mind goes is, is like, so what does that mean? You're going to be bad? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, right. goes to, it, it just right. goes to that duality. It's like, well, if you're not good, exactly. then you're going to be bad. You know, which right. has obviously nothing to do with what he was trying to, to, to say. Um, right. But, yeah. Because there's a conditioned threat, right? That's how that's exactly. how it's going to yeah. get you back back in the box. Get back in yeah. the box, Helga. You can't be whole. Whole is scary. Bad things are going to happen if you're whole. Yeah. And that's where that courage is, I project, that you're talking about, is the courage to, you know, just go, well, I guess I'm going to find out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I project that you know, you're the piece about, you know, well, let me bring this to Sangha, right? To the, you know, where the Buddha said, we need all the three jewels, one of them being the group of people who are consciously on this journey together, who, who know those same places, who resonate with those places, who also are cultivating that courage that you're talking about, who also come up against, you know, the voices trying to get us back into that little box, all those same things we we share that place that we're practicing with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to have, uh, so good to have Sangha. <laughs> it's so good to have Sangha. <laughs> yeah, crucial, absolutely crucial. I mean, yeah, that's a huge yep. piece of the courage is having other folks. You know, we can't do it for each other. We each, you know, are working out our own salvation diligently. But to have be surrounded by countless people who are modeling that courage for us all the time, mm-hmm. I certainly couldn't do it without that. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Thanks, Helga. Thanks. Gosh, Good night. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Helga. And Jen, what was dropping in for me during that conversation was meaning and what does everything mean, you know, and what does good mean and what does bad mean. And uh, I just love when Sherry says nothing means anything and I breathe a big sigh of relief. And and then I can be more open to whatever the experience is. Right, right, right. Because the voices are constantly making meaning out of everything. Again, as Sherry points out, not because they care about what means what, but yeah. just because, you know, as Helga was pointing out, you know, it knows all our buttons to push. It knows what we'll believe. It, you know, I mean, Elizabeth was saying it too. Yes. You know, what are the places that will really get me good? Well, that's the meaning it's going to make out of things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Jen, it's time for a good news update. And I'm going to bring Excellent. our I'm going to bring our guest on here. Okay. And I will turn it over to you, Jen. All right. Welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion, and I'm pleased to be joined by Jen, who is here to speak with us about her experience of participating in Best Year Yet. Welcome, Jen. Hi, Jen. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> So we have the Best Year Yet workshop, as Michael announced, and announcements coming up this Saturday, and it's still open for registration. So we thought it would be really fun to talk to someone who has had the experience, and you have definitely had the experience. I think you're a, a old veteran of doing the Best Year Yet process for many, many years, including walking some folks through the process. And so maybe you could talk to us about your experience of the, the power of starting your year with that. Yes, well, just to say I was so excited that that is on the schedule. It feels it feels like when that announcement of best year yet and then the kickoff, it was like, okay, yes, now we're really like stepping into the new year. That's just so Isn't it? It so does. Exciting. It feels like that. Oh, like it's that. January. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fresh supports and insights and perspectives. But uh, but yes, I, I, I love this process so much. And I, I, you know, I was looking at, I mean, there's so many things with it. I, I guess it feels, you know, one aspect to me is there's um, – it feels like in, in the, the world, there's sort of the, okay, there is the January thing too, but it's kind of like, okay, January 1st, figure out, you know, a goal, go. You know, like it's not like oh, reflect and check in with the heart, like not yeah. held in a, yeah. in a practice yeah. way, kind of a real urgent and, and for my experience mm-hmm. anyway of it, you know, not very grounded in, in I loved how the um, the invitations to the best year yet I, I think it's something like the call to love right and I just feel like ah oh, that's yeah. that's it it feels so different than like make your resolution January 1 go you know it's so beautiful to, to say like wow we're actually gonna you know this is a whole year of our lives so we're gonna slow down we're going to take a chunk of time, you know, these, these, you know, half of the day or whatever it is that ego is probably mm-hmm. going to resist mm-hmm. and say we're too busy, mm-hmm. but it's a whole year of our lives. Like, of course, I mean, what a blessing to take that time to really sit and get in touch with, make space for that, mm-hmm. that heart clarity and then see where that might lead us instead of the kind of urgent mm-hmm. January one thing. So that was, that's one piece of it to me for sure. Mm, such a brilliant starting place, John. It reminds me of, there was a recent peace quote, I forget, maybe from Gandhi, but someone who was saying, you know, I have such a busy day today that I'm going to have to meditate for two hours instead of an hour. Right? And it's that, it's that, <laughs> yes. same, that same realization of, 
it doesn't make any sense to start running around urgent about, okay, I want to do this this year and that this year, which is all going to be a complete setup to have the whole thing taken from me and, you know, to try to put me in that place of feeling like a failure. But instead, to slow down and to consciously look, take the time, set aside the time to really look to our heart to see, what, where am I? You know, What's, what's going on right now in this moment, in this year, in this? Where am I right now and where is the focus of attention? Where do I want it to be? And to really consciously choose that. It, exactly. It's that, that's my experience of it. It's so different. I mean, the, the best jury up process in and of itself. And then because we, we do this from an awareness practice, you know, lens, right? It's got such the, those elements of kindness. I, I don't, I don't know, but again, for, for me, my experience sometimes around sort of goals, it, it is such an ego setup, you know, and, and like, yeah. oh, you're going to do this thing and it's going to go either, you know, it's probably not going to go well because ego's got all of it, but you know, it's going to be something that you'll be judged over and it will be, you know, all mm-hmm. of this stuff. And that's not at all, you know, to me, this process, because it's held in, yes, you know, first we, we dedicate this time for, you know, the preciousness of a whole year to, to sit down and really be with the heart, you know, we're coming from there. And then what comes forth in it is so supported from practice too, of, you know, sort of like, here's the, here's the compass here, here's some intentions, some directions that might support here's what the heart is seeing and there's going to be a process for how to hold that through the year that isn't an ego thing isn't like you will be judged and you know come up short and feel bad and Mm. you know it's just held in Mm. such a different way that to me is also just so lovely and exciting and and different than anything I had encountered and so you know this combination of of best year yet and, and then how we approach everything in practice. That's such such another good point, Jen, because as you're talking, it really reminds me of how, you know, the best year yet, the way it's laid out um, and the questions that we walk through as we're doing the process really does take us through in a kind way and really does address, you know, as you were talking, I was just picturing how, you know, a huge part of why I think people are set up for failure when they look at things like goals and intentions is you never get to look behind it at, well, where is that coming from? Right. And do, yeah. first of all, do I actually even want that? You know, is that something that's actually important to me? And even if it is kind of what's the um, what's the conversation behind it that's never acknowledged that I never. So therefore, the goal gets set on sort of a foundation that's never going to work. And so this process, mm-hmm. both the questions that are particularly laid out in the best year yet process and, as you point out, that we do it in the setting of awareness practice really gives us that that awareness practice foundation of being able to look at what are our intentions for the year from that perspective instead of from a sort of unconscious place. Exactly. It's just such a different, yeah, such a different way of of approaching it, you know, and yeah, Mm -hmm. so beautiful. And and I do, you know, it sounds kind of funny. I think we talk about it sometimes, but I I love it. Like, it's true. Like, I, I really feel like, this, this really, like, I really do have my best year yet every time. It's kind of what, what was just said earlier in the call. You know, it's, it's what we focus on expands. It's where our attention is. And if my attention yeah. has, you know, been really supported to what, you know, to coming from that place, like, like you said, not from what ego has set up for me that I don't even know if I want, but, you know, from that place of in touch with the heart and checking in with that place and, you know, whether a certain whatever, you know, kind of quote goal is, is met or something, there's a way that I am having my best year yet every year because yes. I'm, I'm moving more and more into like clarity of the heart and, and what is going on with the heart and how can I support the heart? I mean, all of that just, it really does create this like, wow, that's a really wonderful way to live and, and getting to kind of look at that year, year in and year out is like, this is true. It really is. So yeah, I love that too. I do too. I do too. And that, that's it completely, isn't it? Yeah, it really is the best year yet every year because there's not the confusion that, okay, I'm going to set these goals and intentions that as, a, as awareness practitioners, what we know is 
what we're doing, it's the one rule, right? We'll use everything in our experience to mm-hmm. see how we cause ourselves to suffer so we can drop that and end suffering. And then it all becomes sort of this playground of, okay, well, what are the things that are up for me right now? And they could completely be on the content level. You know, some people have content goals. Some people have a lot of process goals. But if I have something that I really want to look at and work with on the, co- on the content level this year, fantastic. It's going to go in my best year yet plan with the expanded awareness of realizing that the whole thing is a workshop, which means it can't go wrong. <laughs> There's nothing that exactly. could happen that would detract <laughs> yeah. from it being my best year yet because whatever happens, I'm going to see so much and grow from it and transform. Exactly. That's perfect. Yeah, like it can't go wrong because it's just held in that way of like, I'm going to get to see a lot of stuff and that is going to be my best year yet every time I'm seeing, you know, practicing awareness. Great. So when it's held from that place, it's so, yeah, just completely different than what I had ever experienced before with kind of goal setting and all of that. And I don't want to like give away anything, but I love too that there, there is a, I don't know if it's okay, that there's a, there's a piece of kind of reflecting back on the prior year too that, I think it's just so, um, just builds a lot of energy for that of realizing because again, ego isn't supported, you know, that ego okay. doesn't get to look back and say, here's what a failure you are or whatever it would want to do, yeah. right? That there's a lot of yeah. support in it, kind of like truly getting to see from, from the eyes of love, from the eyes of the mentor, like what we're actually up to, you know, and how, where we are showing yeah. up and we are seeing and, so that just feels yep. like it gives it such an energy too. So, yeah. And you know what, John, I love when you were describing that because I just went to my experience of those questions as well. And the thing, it's such an experience of awareness practice and, and really recording listening. This is exactly a recording listening kind of experience where even though, you know, you and I have done the best year yet process how many times? Like, so, you know, tons of times, right? And so we know the questions that are coming. And yet every single time when the question is asked in the moment and I look in the moment, it's astounding how that informs what I see. And I did not know that I was going to see that, (laughs) you know, until that moment comes (laughs) and I'm answering that question in this brand new moment. And then it, it truly does inform the ground for my coming year in ways that, you know, sitting here talking to you on this Tuesday evening, even though I know what questions we're talking about, I can promise you on Saturday when I'm answering those questions, I will see things that I did not even know were there. Exactly. That's such a perfect, yeah, like recording and listening. It just reveals all of these things. Yeah, that ego never wants us to see and tells us it's going to go like X, but of course it's not. Like when we're with life and in the moment, like, these amazing things are going to be revealed. So exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's the greatest process. I'm so, so looking forward to getting to do this. Yeah. Yeah, Me too. And Jen, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon to talk about your experience. Thank you so much. Can't wait for Saturday. (laughs) Thank you. Me too. All right. Good night. And Michael, we'll turn it over back over to you. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen and Jen. And Jen, I could comment endlessly and enthusiastically on that, and I'm going to restrain myself. And we have but some duly noted that you'll be there as well, Michael. Right? Yes. We're all excited. Okay. Great. Great. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Uh, hello. This is Elena from New York. Hi, Elena. Hi, Elena. Hi. Good to hear both of you, not just on the recording. (laughs) So, of course, I was listening, and I thought I should raise my hand in order to participate, even though I don't have something super specific, Uh, because, thank you, (laughs) um, I think I've been part of Sangha for like 15 plus years. I have maybe called the show twice. Um, and Now three times. Now three times. Just saying that's the charm, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just, 
and uh, I was recently encouraged to do so. And I thought, how do we do that? And I thought, Diego, you're ridiculous. I mean, I participate in a lot of other ways, but this is kind of in the category of things that I don't quite do, right? Yeah. Oh, and it's so brilliant, isn't it, Elena? Because it's just that place where, you know, I mean, who knows what all the things are with that, right? But as you see it, right? The more you practice, the more you see those places where, well, that's interesting. <laughs> huh. there's, there's a little something there. And then you choose to just, okay, well, then the answer is obvious. I'm going to call in, right? And I don't need anything. I yeah. mean, that's plenty specific enough. I realize there's this thing that's happening. I'm not calling into the show. Great. I'll call into the show. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like that's nice to name. And I think that also, you know, there was a conversation that, um, like an actual conversation, not just the one in my head, um, that uh-huh. sort of preceded that encouragement. And um, so I thought maybe I could talk about that a little bit. Um, right. So, um, well, there's a lot of different pieces, I guess, that I could see in this. But the the basic thing was, I was inquiring, or I was talking about um, caregiving for elders and young people, and mm-hmm. which I've been doing a lot of, um, and how uh, I, I it's difficult for me to do it in a loving way, and mm. I am showing up, but I am angry and short mm-hmm. and resentful and um uh you know the people that i'm interacting with are grateful and mm-hmm. you know would love for me to be able to be present in a different way mm-hmm. and i would too mm-hmm. and i just mm-hmm. am not able to access it right mm-hmm. um like mm-hmm repeatedly and having a lot of anguish about that and and mm-hmm. you know the the guidance that I have received in many different places <laughs> many different times right that seems mm-hmm. to be hard to take in and operationalize is I need to be doing that same caretaking of myself in a truly compassionate way and okay. to prioritize that and that yeah. um, you know that that will um the reason to do that is just to have self compassion um and it may have these surprising side effects of being more available nice. to express compassion um elsewhere nice. and and so okay, excellent reminder um mm-hmm. yes, 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 and so now I'm engaged in the process of trying to put more energy and time into that in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. And I just, so what's coming up around that? Um, you know, that it won't last, that when push comes to shove, the same things will always happen, um, that it's taking an inordinate amount of time, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You know, all, so all e- sorts ego of hates you know, it, ego objections, yeah. So anyhow, that's what's coming up for me, and I just wanted to kind of share that as a sort of report back and see. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, boy, there's so much in it. So when you said a minute ago, um, as you start down that road of taking better care of Elena, it sounds like putting time and energy into that, you said one of the things that comes up is it's not going to last. So meaning right now it is happening. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I'm putting a lot of effort into it. Nothing is perfection, but it feels like I'm I am choosing myself more often than I'm choosing other things. Uh-huh. Lovely. And the other piece of it that you also brought up is I forget how you said it, but basically what it sounded like was another way ego te- another thing ego attempts to do with it is Okay, so we'll do this so that then you can be the good right person when you're caretaking these other people because you'll then you won't lose your temper and you'll be careful doing it and that sort of thing. 
Yeah, there's definitely always that aspiration for goodness and that slippery slope. I apologize for the background noise. Um, of you know all 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 practice things, right? Or um, yeah. there's yeah. always a little little voice, you know, to become the right person, right? Or to be happy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Even. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so to look for the result. And then, and the other thing, I don't know if this is a part of what the way the resistance is showing up, but very often, you know, I mean, the ego hates that, right? Oh my God, she's actually going to put time and energy into caring for herself. This is really a problem. (laughs) It's not going to, this is going to head in a non-suffering direction. So this is a problem for ego. So another direction it can go is then look to see, well, are you less irritated with people? No, I don't think you're less irritated with people. So I don't think this is working. Yeah, I had that experience earlier today. I just finished virtual mm-hmm. meditation. I got a call. I was not nice on the call. And I thought, yeah. huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and that, you know, when you say that, Elena, that could be such a brilliant focus for whatever period of time. I know for me and my own training, I do well when I have a particular thing that I'm really focused on, you know, whatever it is, and for X period of time. Could be a week, could be the day, whatever. But when you said that, I mean, what a beautiful way to practice caring for Elena to go with, uh, no, you know, no, there is no commentary that we are going to listen to around how she is with other people. So you do virtual meditation, and then you get on a call, and you are however you are. And the voices don't get, I mean, they're going to say it, but, but they don't get to, that doesn't, we don't get to, we're not going to look at that, right? We're not going to decide, yeah, that's true, I wasn't that way, or I was this way, or I should have been, or this isn't, no. Mm-mm. She does not get criticized in that way, period. Yeah, Jen, you know, that's like super, super powerful, like, even as you're speaking, like, Literally, there are like tears blowing up in my eyes, and I am I am not the that's not a general mode for me. So I it's, mm-hmm. I feel it, you know, touching like you know a, a part of myself that just like needs the compassion that's behind that like yeah, exactly acceptance exactly. of you are how you are. Yeah, you are how you are. Because, you know, it's like all this stuff is, we're wound so tightly around all these things. And it's, you know, it's been a long time for most of us, years and years and years and years of these patterns. And so it's just the next standard. Ego coming in with the next standard to say, okay, come on, let's go, care for yourself and stop being like that. That's not helpful. Right? And so it's great and really important, you know, to take time out in nature and to meditate and, you know, have a cup of tea, you know, whatever the things that would go in that category of caring for ourselves and those process places that it hides out can be so key to really focus on, you know, those places where ultimately the care is getting her out of that hateful conversation. That's the greatest care. Yeah. Which all those things yeah. support, the time in nature, the yeah. meditation, because those are the things that allow us to realize that that's what's happening. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really, you know, all helpful reminders. Um, you know, it's still, I, I just still get caught in that, well, A, in the story, in the, and just that, like, you know, some things are... I don't know. You know, it's such a radical notion, like complete acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Really? Wait, only? everything? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? But it's not, back to Helga. Yeah. Wholeness? Yeah. Yes. It's all okay? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. And that's, I mean, that's so one of those, 
you know, it'd be lovely to hear back, you know, and keep checking in, you know, for you to get the support of Sangha, but also because, as Michael was saying earlier in the show, I mean, each of us can plug in our content to what you're talking about. You know, that place that we go up against over and over and over and over again, and that compassion of staying with it, staying with it, being willing to stay with it and keep practicing. You know, as you said, how many years you've been in practice and being willing to stay with it as it wears away, wears away, wears away. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. I will, I will do that. We might going to have a, okay. a, a number four cleanup hit coming your way. <laughs> okay. Excellent. All right. Thank you so All much. Right. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Elena. You're welcome. Take good care. Thanks for joining us, Elena. Great to hear from Sangha. And Jen, I love that unconditional self-acceptance. That is just it's radical. Yep. <laughs> and it's just, it's so fun. I mean, we just have to be reminded over and over, right? When Elena says, wait, complete acceptance? <laughs> you can just go right there, right? Wait, everything? Yeah. All yes. Of it? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. And we have time for at least one more caller here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hi, Jen and Michael. This is Mark in Chicago. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hi. So I wanted to follow up on something that. Sherry talked about at the end of the email class and Ashwini, uh, Ashwini talked about, I think last week, and that was the relationship between taking responsibility for uh, like offending other people and hurting other people and causing them pain and apologies and that, that uh, you know, that genre of things. And, and the thing that brought it up for me was I have a good friend who's, in, who's been in AA, he's got his 40-year pin. And one of the things that's, that he's talked about a lot, you know, over the years as part of the program is the step where you go to people and, and uh, you know, admit to them what you did and ask for their forgiveness and that sort of thing. It's, it's always seemed like such a powerful thing. And the few, I, you know, I'm not an AA, I've not, I've not had that experience, but um, the few times I have had uh, I, incidences where either I apologized or somebody apologized to me felt pretty good. And mm. so I'm trying to put this in context uh, of what, uh, what I think Ashwini said. And, and I, so I guess I'm asking for a third installment on that discussion, if you would kind of elaborate uh, on that a little bit for me. And so, Mark, are you saying that, um, so there's that experience of both when someone has apologized to you for something and when you've apologized, that it felt really good, and that are you saying that that feels in juxtaposition to what you were hearing Sherry and Ashwini talk about in terms of taking responsibility for other people's experience of yes, something exactly, exactly, and that so I'm guessing what you heard and what Sherry and Ashwini were talking about was something along the lines of well, actually, why don't you tell me what you heard and what Sherry and Ashwini were saying? What I heard them say, what, what I think I heard them say, was that I don't have the ability to cause other people's pain. So I don't need right. to take on the responsibility for having that kind of effect on someone else's life. Their experience right. that they have is their right. own. And what, whatever they choose to experience based on what I have said or not said or done or not done, that's their, that's their experience, and I'm, I'm not involved Right. Well, let me ask you this. So does the spirit of realizing that we're each responsible for our own experience, right? I mean, no one, what's that quote? Um, I can't remember. But basically, you know, you can't make me feel bad without my permission, right? Something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Does it feel like when you've had those experiences of someone coming to you to say, gosh, I'm really sorry about whatever, or that you got into a place where you really wanted to offer that and you did, does that feel in conflict with realizing that ultimately we each do are responsible for our own experience? 
Yeah, it does feel in conf- conflict to me. I, if I take what I think I heard, I would say, uh-huh. well, I'm never going to bother apologizing to anybody anymore because if I couldn't have been the cause of their discomfort, suffering, pain, why should I bother apologizing? Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I... You know, the hurt... Uh-huh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, yeah, for me, that's, that's, that is the quandary, especially when I... You know, I've heard other people who kind of had the same experience that I... I mean, there's a lot of apologizing going on in the world. And so, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, when it happens, it kind of feels like a special thing. And I'm wondering... <laughs> how does that fit in with uh you know the what i what i heard ashwini and sherry say which also sounds absolutely correct yeah it, on some level it resonates with your experience i'm guessing when you say it mm-hmm. sounds absolutely correct well let me ask you this mark it's so interesting there's so much about it have you recorded about it no because i project you're going to see a lot as you record about it. And I'm, I'm even hesitant to, <laughs> to, to spoil that exploration. But because as you talk about it, you know, yes, there's a lot of apologizing that happens, a lot of apologizing that happens, and it can come from different places, I project. Hmm, that's interesting. So some... Yeah, you know, just when you said that, it occurs to me, a lot of the time when I apologize, it's because I don't want to live with the discomfort of wondering what they're thinking about me. Mm. And so I go and I apologize like, you know, it's kind of like when a puppy rolls over and shows their tummy because they don't want to get eaten. Um, Right. Yeah, so how healthy is that, I guess, huh? Mm. Well, and and just even that process of, huh, that's interesting. So you hear Sherry or Ashwini talk about something, and and on some level it sounds like there's a resonance, like, oh, yeah, I can really see that. And you've also had the experience of, you know, being apologized to or apologizing, and, well, that seems to feel good, huh? Well, and now those seem to be in conflict, um, you know, and then there's that process, like, okay, well, what's asking the questions? Is there a figuring out process here? Is there a, and so there's so many layers to it, and it can be that place of rubbing our hands together in sort of a, well, this is going to be a really cool thing to sit down and look at with the mentor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because there's likely so much in it. I mean, even just that one thing you saw, you know, we're two minutes into this conversation and you already saw something huge, right? Wow, right. that's right. interesting. Right. I just realized that a lot of times when I'm apologizing, it's coming from this place that I didn't realize it was coming from. Right. Yeah, and it's interesting because my friend's personality well, let's just say that my friend's personality is congruent with being, with needing to apologize to people, mm. and and so, uh, mm. yeah, I mean, maybe he's 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 kind of doing the same thing I am, I guess. Mm. Not that I'm trying to analyze him, I'm just trying to see the, the you know the similarities between. Um, it, well, exactly, and that's where projection shines, right? I mean, who knows what's going on with him, but but right. there's a ton for you to see in that. Right, because you can see what you're seeing reflected in him is pointing back to something that is very likely going to be really helpful in your own exploration. Right. right. All right, I'll break out the old recorder. Yeah, exactly, and I think it's then installment four. Are we on four or five? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. well, <that'll> be <laughs> you'll four. have to this call back your... with the next installment. We'll have a whole mini series on the this exploration. Yeah. This was it's all the spirit of inquiry, 3. Mark. 0. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, just that spirit of exploring all of it. You know, not to get any answers, not to figure anything out, but because there's so, there's so much in all of it. We just see so much in all of it. You know, all those places mm-hmm. that suffering hides, they're brought to light, and then we can, you know, practice with it how it occurs to practice, for us to practice with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks, Jen. Mm. Mm, thanks, Mark. Good night.
Good night. Thanks for joining us, Mark. And Jen, I love that topic also. It's a great uh, it's a great exploration, and it was fun to hear you and Mark talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, so much to see in it as we're at the top of the hour. But but truly, yeah. I mean, it's just fun when anyone brings up all, anything on the radio show, right? It opens up a whole thing for any of us to pick up the recorder and look at after the show. Yes, yes, it's the gift of Sonia. Exactly. And so that's our gift tonight. So thank you, Jen. Thank you, Sonia. It was great to be here. And go happy. And thank you, Michael. All right. Okay. Go happy. Go happy. Bye-bye. Bye.